Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait right a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up, Fran? What's going on, brother? Not much, man. I uh, I'm feeling great. Feeling great, and really. I'm, and I'm feeling great only because, you know, I'm not going through. A lot of shit that other people around the world is going through right now. Yeah, man. Well, so I'm feeling uh, great. Yet. I'm feeling great. Yeah. Yet. Uh, <laughs> because somehow, even though we did not do the whole 2020, what year is it? 2022? 2022, yeah. 20, we didn't do the whole 2022 has to be better than last year. We didn't do that thing at all, Fran. No. And yet somehow, we sit potentially on the precipice of nuclear war uh, uh, in World War III. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, prayers to Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I'm not gonna, I've been working on, see, I'm a bit of a, I'm, I'm, I'm what's known as a cynic friend. So I'm very like jaded and I, you know, I, I kind of see bullshit and things that might, maybe not aren't bullshit, maybe yeah. are genuine things, but I kind of see like the false and bullshit things that, you know, maybe people might be genuine. So the whole, we spoke, we spoke about it at, a, on the virtual house party for a yeah. bit. And, um, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, people wanting to, take the, the moment to be like, hey, man, let's talk about my feelings about what's going on in the Ukraine. Yeah. Listen, I know I have a Zumba class coming up in about an hour, but before that, let me hop on Instagram Live for like two minutes to let you guys know. I'm feeling down. Let's go ahead and put those hashtags up for the Ukraine. 
that is not to diminish anybody's feelings. It's obvious, you know, you can look and see what's going on. It's, it's horrible what's going on. I, yeah. I try to avoid the news. It's terrible to see what's going on. Yeah. But I just don't, sometimes it feels like people just want to be a, like, look at me and look at my feelings and whatever. Mm. But uh, Vladimir Putin issued a very real, uh, hey man, mind your business mm -hmm. to the world. Yeah. And America still, you know, and other countries are still kind of nitpicking and stuff and being like, hey man, don't do that. This That's wrong. As they should. Yeah. And now he's apparently put his nuclear armaments on standby. Like, hey, man, go ahead and take the safety off of those in case some shit goes down. And that sends the world to all of the nuclear viable countries around the world. Like, oh, well, then we should do the same. Yeah. So when you say, you know, you're not in the... Yes, we are not currently under fire. Like, the Ukraine is directly in war right now. Yeah. Also, shout out to Vladimir... What's his name? Uh, uh, The former... He was the, Vladimir Klitschko. He used boxer. to be a boxer, but now he's like the governor, the mayor or the governor of yeah. the Ukraine. And he's apparently staying to fight. He's going, you know, he's staying with the ship, you know, which is him and his brother. I think. It, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like, it's like a fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Yeah. And then I think the, the, the president, Joe Biden or whatever was like, uh, Hey, you guys want, we'll send a plane, come pick you up. He's like, we don't need planes, man. Send us some bullets. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this shit is, what is this? A Bruce Willis movie. So it's uh, some badass shit going on there. And I respect it. I've, you know, it's really interesting the the times we live and everything. We're so inundated with content. So you get on TikTok and you'll go from watching a TikTok about somebody eating really hot food and how yeah. crazy that is to a TikTok of footage of uh, oh yeah, I saw yeah. a video of a soldier who has like the patches of a bunch of Russian soldiers. That I was like, what the fuck is going? What world are we living in? You shouldn't have this. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have access to this. We shouldn't be seeing this. It's yeah. crazy. Twenty twenty two is wild. I thought twenty twenty. You know, we had the whole thing. Twenty twenty is crazy, man. Pandemic, everything. Body's home. Man. Nuclear war threat is is a lot, bro. And we in February. And we're it's February. <laughs> it's February. Now everybody's just like everybody's just it's like it's this waiting game. It's like, oh well who's gonna yeah, who's, who's gonna, gonna hit that red button first? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that's crazy. Like yeah. you know, we can make the jokes and stuff, but our the the fate of, of humanity is is really hanging in the balance or being played around with or we're having discussions about nuclear fallout and you know mass casualties and deaths all around the world and it's all like three or four white dudes who look like various versions of robin williams in one hour photo mm. and that makes me uncomfortable man like i don't like my fate is being decided by liver spot joe biden vladimir <laughs> putin and his fucking weird uh, little boy haircut fucking boris uh whatever his name is in the uk like just these old white dudes with crazy hairstyles have the hands of the fate of billions of people in their hands. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's like a dick measuring contest happening. Yeah. And then exactly if, if one of them feels like you disrespected me a little too much, I'm going to hit this button. Then I'm going to hit my button. Then I'm going to hit my yeah. button. Then China's going to be like, well, let me just, I'm going to hit my button because some of that nuclear shit might get over here. So I'm going to hit my button too. And now it's mutually assured destruction. And that's kind of been the thing that is somehow was the thing that was put in place or that thought was the thing that made people go, that's why we'll never have nuclear war. And I hope that is true. Basically, mutually assured destruction means like if you if you launch your nukes, then I'm going to launch my nukes. And then we both, everybody, the planet's not viable, nuclear yeah. fallout. So we won't hit the nukes. I just have them so you know not to fuck with me too hard. Yeah. But I'll never really hit them because then I'll hit mine and they'll hit theirs and everybody's going to hit theirs. Yeah. Because everybody, everybody got all allies and whatnot. As yes. Well. So that's the logic yeah. as to why there would never be a mass nuclear launch. But- I don't like it being played. Don't don't pump fake with my life. Yeah, 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 man. Twenty twenty two is off to a fucking man. What a Black History Month! This is the most interesting. <laughs> this might be the most interesting Black History Month in my living memory. Yeah. You know, like I remember being 
like seven or so and watching my friend Martin for the first time, mm-hmm. that was up there for me, Fran. You remember my friend Martin? That was, was that a cartoon? It was a cartoon, but yeah. the kids that time traveled yeah. and then they met young Martin Luther yeah, King yeah, and, yeah. and then it was like a watch that time yeah. traveled. I, yeah, remember, I, I don't know how you remember that. Well, because it had a big impact on my life, man. It was a great <laughs> cartoon. And wow. I remember watching that in school and being like, man, you know, this is a very monumental Black History Month. I think I'm going to remember this movie for the rest of my life. And this one right here has, oh, man, it's, it's just wiped, it's wiped all the Black History Months off the, off the map, man. Yeah. Just people saying the N-word flagrantly, nuclear war, Kanye West doing all the shit he's doing. It's just crazy. It's just very interesting. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but, you know, fun. You know, fun. You know, and we live, and you know this. You know, here's how you find the silver lining, man. Live life to the fullest, man. Yeah, L- appreciate every day, man, because we all could end up in the book of Eli. Any at any moment, it could just be the book of Eli. Everything's the desert. We're wearing like goggles and uh, masks, uh, like bandanas over our our face, and we're wearing tattered clothes. And my question to you is: Before we move on, friend, what would be your post-apocalyptic weapon of choice? Because I've given some thought to this. And what would you what would you go with? What do you feel conf- confident wielding? Obviously, bullets are limited. So if you went with a gun, you, you now got to scavenge for bullets. So really, put some thought into it. Okay. Um. Bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. Yeah. So you so you would take the time when you feel the change coming, where it's like, oh, we're gonna have to like fight for water and food. You yeah. that's when you'd start practicing because you want to be good with the bow and arrow. Yeah. You don't want to just have it and then you can't use it. Right. I respect that. That's good. You got long distance. You long got some distance. range on yeah, that. Yeah, and I can just, I can reload them. And it's badass. Yeah. I like that. Me, I would go with a uh, wooden stick, like a long wooden stick with like a sharp, spear? yeah, with a sharp point at the at the tip of it. Okay. Because I used, as a kid, I used to take the broom part off of the broomsticks yeah. and I'd just be in the living room, flip it, turn it around my, I was an only child, spinning it around my back, I'm flipping it, I got it under my armpit, then I pull it back out, you know, flipping it back, going back. I would do the same thing with vacuum cleaner parts. I made a lot of staffs as a kid. Yeah, but but why though? Why what? Why would you choose that? This, you, you don't have distance. Can't be released. Yeah, fair, but like you can't pick be, bow and arrow. I'm not going to also pick bow and arrow. Well, you could. I mean, but still. No, but I think I, I would rely more on my stealth. I don't want to get in. The, listen. And I have more stealth though. I'm, I'm far away. I'm further away. You are far away, but I'm saying, see, the way I'm living and walking my path is like, I don't want to hurt you. Like, But you have to. No, no, no. No, no, no. I, no, feel, no. Like I, could, I feel like I can. Listen, let's talk this out. Maybe we can negotiate or barter. Absolutely. But if you push me there, I'm going to fucking spin my stick around my neck. I'm going to knock this guy out. I'm yeah. gonna, I can take up to eight people at one time. I'm that good with my staff. Yeah. I, but I don't want conflict. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person of peace. I'm on a mission of peace. So I don't but, need, a, a, but for survival, there's no peace. But we have to rebuild the world and civilization and be back to what we once were and be humanity. We can't just let these marauders and these savages take over the world and we're, we're all just killing each other. So I'm trying to spread peace. So I'll have the conversation with you first. Yeah. But if you push me there, yes, I will jab the staff into your neck. I'll kill you. I'll take your belongings. I think we have stuff. a different approach, though. Well, yeah, you're just saying, like, I'm not going to interact with anybody. If I see you, I'm no, going to shoot you to, from a distance. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to discover land. I'm trying to. I want to build my own thing. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to reintegrate into. I want to rebuild society. No, no, no. I want us to get back. I want to. You know, I want. I want. We don't have. I don't have time. I want schools to exist again. There's no time for that. No, it's just about survival. (laughs) I want schools to exist again. Hundreds of years in the work, man. (laughs) But somebody has to spark the. Somebody has to spark the motivation. I won't be. I think I could be that. Nah. I won't be around. Well, that's why I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the staff because I don't want to use it to hurt people. I want to just you know, and it would be like a good. It would be like a good eight foot staff, so I can like I can keep a person at distance. I get that, but I'm also looking to the future as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so yeah, it's okay, gonna be bad for need, a long time. Oh, I need to discover this land. So when I'm gone, families, I, they have we already have land already. Uh huh. 
then that, that's gonna be very valuable. That's yeah. gonna be currency. Yeah. Okay. No, I respect that. Yeah. I get it. I gotta get y'all. I can't. We can't be. Nah, man. It's it's a vibe. So what if I come to you? I go, friend. Listen, man. I'm about to go take a uh, written word. I'm gonna go teach people how to read. It's gonna be a long path, but I think this will really put civilization on a path to uh, success. Maximiliano is now. Oh no, man. He's we, now. He's now 19. Talk, he's we buff. Have, we have to talk. I will he have knows my, how to protect the family. Guys, I'll have my guys come talk to you. First. Oh, you have a whole. We have a militia. Whole of militia, people. come talk to you. If not, I throw a cup, some string down. I'm talk talking to, to that, and then we we can we have a discussion about my plans. Can't be close. Oh, so you don't even trust me in this in, in post apocalypse? <laughs> oh, we know each other. Yeah, it's not. Oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's us. Yeah, if we know each other. That's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, me. Yeah. Well, you be on my team then. We, we take over everything. But okay, okay, sorry. Other so people. We, all right, so we readjust the strategy. Yeah. I, we're in the compound. I, you know, I'm holding things down. Yeah, I'm in charge of teaching the kids the alphabet and yeah, stuff like man. that. And I go, hey man, listen, I'm really feeling the calling. I want to spread the knowledge that I have. I want to take it out to the people who don't have it. Yeah, I, I know it's gonna be a long road, but would you join me? And help me spread. I think we can rebuild civilization. Your immediate answer would be no. I'm joining you, but I'm 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 in a dis- I'm in a sn- I'm your sniper. Okay, you're like I'm, I'm not distance. talking to people. No, I will I just hold you down from a distance because yeah. I don't. Your plan's stupid. Yeah, your plan's <laughs> dumb. The These people are gonna try to eat you. Yes. Like they're not gonna want to learn how to read uh, to the Baron Stain Bears. No. You know, like okay, all right, okay. Well, as long as you hold me down, got you, my guy. Okay, I respect that. Yeah, okay, man. I appreciate that. So that's just the future we have to look forward to, and that's I hope not. Surely, I hope not too. But you know, I'm just trying to mentally prepare myself you never know you know you know you never know hey they, they always say you know you bring an umbrella just in case What's the, what is the chance of surviving a, nu- a nuclear bomb oh not good i've watched some tiktoks on that too they have tiktoks on you know what to do when the bomb goes off Puts it like lay down right yeah when you see Cover the flash and-, and then get underground as quickly as possible and it's just crazy that, but you know what but yeah like because the nuclear fallout the the radiation and stuff how are you supposed to do that i saw somebody somebody's building an underground Sewer. somebody's building an underground uh Bunker? Bunker. Smart. A lot of people already have them. Crazy. Smart. Good to have. If you have the money to have one, it's a good clubhouse. I mean, if you don't, if you can't, if you don't ever need to use it, hopefully you never have to use it. But if not, it's still a cool little uh, clubhouse to have back there, a little man cave. Wow, man. Yeah, man, it's crazy times, the stuff that we have to think about. But then I think back to like, up until I was like nine, we we still had remnants of the of the Cold War. I remember doing nuclear uh, war drills. There I might don't. be people who are like three years separate from me, or maybe my school was a little. I went to a Catholic elementary school, but I remember getting underneath a desk, a desk, and it wasn't an active shooter drill; it was a nuclear fallout drill. Mm. I remember doing those, like get under your desk and just you know hunker down. I also remember doing fucking active shooter drills, which is crazy. But no, I mean up up until maybe like second, third grade, we were still like random. They do random drills, and one of them was a nuclear uh, fallout drill. So, yeah, man, I mean, we've been here before. It feels a little more real now because you have 24-hour coverage and TikTok and the news and yeah. up-close video of the war, and so it feels more scary. Yeah. But I think it'll pass, you know. I hope so. The experiment of can humanity you, is a we, weird Don't moment. we have, like, can you shoot down a nuclear war? I mean, a nuclear bomb? I mean, I would, I, mean, I, would, I, would guess, I would guess it's an option, but then, the you know, the nuclear toxic oh. comes down. And I would hope that we're more suited as far as the United States for something like that to occur. Yeah, sure. We can only hope, but you know, um, there was a nuclear meltdown at Chernobyl and you still can't live there. Hmm. And that was just a power plant. So I think the same rules apply for a nuclear weapon. And so if they blow up Montana, then people can't live in Montana for a a long time, like generations, like hundreds of years or something like that. So now all those people have to go reintegrate it somewhere else. And also an entire economy of a city and people's lives, you know, so 
well, let's hope none of this happens. Yeah, man. But um, anyway, man, let's let's talk about stuff that has what's while society's still it's standing. It's real though. It's real, very real, very real. And 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 hopefully, hey, knock on wood, right? That's all we can do. Literally, all we can do. That's the th- that's the funniest thing about it to me. Again, our lives are in the hands of three old, really old. In one case, here, yeah, old, Joe Biden's old as fuck. Vladimir Putin, not so old, but still old. I'm glad ain't Trump. So yeah, I want to well, go, go there. Bro. Yeah, we don't need to go there. Uh, and Boris still can't remember his last name. And who is he? He's the prime minister of the UK. Okay. Who is also a, a, a bumbling idiot. So it's like, great. Yeah, we Man. have these three dudes are just, it's like, it's like three stooges. Except they all hate each other and they all have nuclear weapons. Mm. So that sounds like a really fun time. Um, yeah. So anyway, Fran, uh, I wanted to talk about this because this was interesting. I don't really like the parameters around it. And Florida is also doing some really fucked up shit in terms of like what they're doing to students in schools. But I found this one interesting. I don't really like the full concept of it. I have to do more research. But uh, uh, Florida has proposed a bill that would um, require a half a credit for financial literacy in high school students in order for them to graduate. Okay. Now, I don't like the idea of, of it being required for them to graduate, but the idea that they have to know how to balance a checkbook. High school? Yeah, high school. I think it should be required. I agree I, with that. I think it should be required. But I don't think it should be like, well, if you be, I think if I think if you're going to require it, then you should start teaching them earlier. You've never heard of any of this stuff before. Now you have to learn it in a half a semester because those half credit classes are just they're just half the school year. So I feel like you got two chances to take it. Yeah, I guess you could retake it. My whole point is like, but if you're going to if you're going to do this, then you should start. They should just I feel like the entire curriculum of school needs to change in general. And people need to be taught more practical things that they're going to use in the rest of their life in general. Yeah, that's why I agree with it. But I'm just saying, like, they should start teaching them these seedlings of this stuff earlier. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So they have some kind of knowledge of, you know, there's a kid that doesn't know what a checkbook is. There's a lot of kids that don't know what a checkbook is when they're 17. Mm-hmm. So if you start teaching them that at 12, 13, 14, and then they at least know the little sprinklings of it so this isn't foreign to them when they get to it. Because I don't like it being a requirement if they can't graduate. But you make some good points. You got a couple chances to take the class and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying. I like the idea of it. I just don't know if I like it. Like, if you don't pass it, you can't graduate. Yeah. But I feel like, yes, these kids need to be taught practical things. I learned so much stuff in school that I didn't need to know or doesn't affect me in for the rest but of I my life. I think that's why they made it a half credit, though. Since it's like... Yeah, it's less stakes on it, for sure. Yeah, so I... Then, but I feel like, I feel would, like there should be change. more stakes on it. Yeah, but I, it would yeah it would change. If it's a full credit, then you if they start teaching earlier, they probably would change it until it's a full credit for you to, to graduate. Yeah. I'm hoping that they just... This is this is a, a, uh, a route or a, the beginnings of teaching more practical life skills in school. Cause these kids, I mean, obviously there's stuff you need to learn. If, if you, there's math, math, math skills are, are necessary for certain jobs, but I'm not saying don't teach kids math. I'm saying like teach them math, but also teach them how to pay bills, how to balance a checkbook. Uh, you know, what taxes are, why taxes are, what a mortgage is, the difference between a mortgage and rent. Cause there's still all kind of, you know, there's stuff I'm an adult and I'm still like, okay, so is renting bad? And it's like no, it's it's it it depends on your situation. Yeah. Like you know, so I, all of my conceptions about how life and money works are just from things I've heard other people say. Yeah, you got to pay mortgage. You want to pay mortgage, not rent, man. But it's like yeah, but if your lifestyle is not, if that's not conducive to your situation right now, then it's nothing wrong with paying rent. Yeah, leasing a car versus buying a car. You know what I mean? Like these are things I just had con. Like my concepts are just from people. You know, basically like old black uncles being like, hey nephew. You know you want to own something. You're like, that's that's all my knowledge. I don't have anything concrete. Or at least yeah. I didn't. As I've gotten older and went and gone and done my own research, I've learned. But, you know, at 21, 23 years old, I didn't know anything. I just knew what 
what somebody would say is bad right. and what somebody would say is good. But I'm all, I'm basing that on that's subjective. Yeah. Because it's the people that I know are saying it's bad, but somebody else that I don't know might say it's good. So I just feel like, you know, you should give kids more world knowledge. Yeah. And yeah. So that's those that's my thoughts on all that stuff. Anyway, man, let's go ahead and get into the shout outs before we take a break. That's right, folks. It's time for a shout out. Uh, uh, before we get into the shout outs, let me say once again, uh, the hangout. Yeah. V- virtual house party. Fun once again. Yeah. Had a great time. Kicked it. Had some fun times. We play this uh, uh, improv game, questions, questions. It is it is always so fun. But yeah. this one, this one, this one was really fun. We had, a really, we had a really fun time playing questions, questions. The replay is available. So if you sign up for the Patreon, if you go and you click on the link to the virtual house party, you can watch the whole thing unfold and all the fun we had and everything like that and uh you know we'll see you guys for that next it could month be posted man i was i cried off it. I was oh my god man it was, <laughs> it was it was a it was a, it was a fun time yeah man. it was it was a fun time yeah. man. and hanging out with people and people asking questions is always fun it's always good to hang out yep. with the listeners and talk and talk and they ask cool questions and stuff so you can definitely keep those going and uh, um, we'll see you guys next month for that uh up first we're gonna go ahead and kick things off with a shout out to align d i really hope i'm saying that right i don't know it could be aline but i don't know align aline you know how your name said if i said it wrong correct me but you know something it's either one of those so how about you don't correct me because I, I said one of them right. Yeah, She's sure it was Aline. If they contact me and they go, it's uh, Alane. I'm like, okay, well I didn't think I didn't cover yeah. that one. So yeah, well shout out to shout out to them. Up next we got Stephanie R. Let me go ahead and say, say Stephanie R. Your last name, Fuego. Can't say it, won't say it, but it reminds me of Game of Thrones. That's all I'll say. I'll leave okay. it at that. Up next we got uh, Katrina R. Shout out to Katrina R. Much love and appreciation. Shout out to you. Thank you for joining the Patreon. Up next, we got uh, Emily P. Shout out to Emily P. Much love and appreciation. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying the content over there. More to come. Keep an eye out. And um, after that, we got Andrea S. Or Andrea, possibly. I don't know. You know, these names these days, friend. People put all kind of inflections. Mm -hmm. You know, go strong on this, go soft on that. But when I see that name, I say Andrea, because that's how they said it in The Walking Dead. Okay. So shout out to you. And lastly, we got Sarah D. Sarah D., thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And, uh, you know, uh, I also, once again, hope you're enjoying that content over there. And, uh, you know, you got more coming. So don't don't sleep on us. And, uh, yeah, so thank you to everybody who's joined the Patreon, past, present, uh, future. Uh, it's been a crazy journey. It's been so fun. You know, yeah. it, all, it all started with a, a, a dance. You know, we wanted to get a certain amount oh, of patrons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wanted to get a certain amount of patrons. Got them in a split. Yeah. It was I actually the whole thing was a joke, man. I really didn't think we'd get it. And, you know, these people had a hunger. They wanted to see us make fools of ourselves. And it ended up being just a fu- super fun thing. It, yeah. You know, we made is the it most still of on it. it. It's still on there. Is it? You can't take that down, man. That's, they earned that. That's theirs. That's their <laughs> content. They earned it. They all, the, 100 people fucking came out of the woodworks and joined in like 10 days. It was crazy. And so we always appreciate that first 100. You guys know who you are, and we appreciate yeah. you sticking it out with us for this long. And, uh, yeah, we got some cool stuff in the works, man. I'm really excited. Can't really speak on it yet, but we got some cool stuff in the works. Very excited for CrimeCon, which is coming fa- fast, man. I mean, April. If we make it. You know, I don't know. Oh, man, that's, a good, <laughs> that's a good That's a fantastic point. Man, I cannot wait for CrimeCon. Any day now, I wake up every day. Honestly, I was expecting to wake up to that town, where it's like sure get to a school that. and go on, on in the basement of the school. But uh, you know, I'll just aside, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not that. But yeah. you know, if it was, what can you do about it? Honestly, you Absolutely know, it's like one of those kind of things where it's like I don't think it is. But if it was, 
<laughs> what is there to say other yeah. than, you know, tis what it tis. Um, that's my thought when I'm flying planes, and that's my thought when I'm uh, possibly in the midst of nuclear war. So, yeah, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take it. We're gonna, you know what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to fucking, me and Fran, separately, we're going to go in the bathroom, throw some water on our face, refresh, rejuvenate, turn our frowns, or not frowns, but our fears into cheers. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. All right, and we are back. Fran, it's my turn to go first. Uh, my Affirmative Murder is the story of Darnell Collins. Uh, I got the majority and the bulk of my research was uh, taken from Murderpedia. They just always come through in the clutch. So Darnell Collins was born in New York in 1961. As a young child, his father was killed while serving in the Vietnam War. And as a result, he was sent to live with his mother in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Okay. At the age of nine... Collins was temporarily sent to a juvenile detention center for assault, shoplifting, larceny, and attempted arson. At 19? Nine, at nine. Oh, nine. At nine. Like, I mean, I think about what I was doing at nine. You know, I was definitely getting into some, some shenanigans, playing a little ding-dong ditch, yeah. pool hopping. You know, we, had a, we lived in a, uh, like a townhouse apartment complex community, mm-hmm. so there was like a, a community pool. Yeah. We'd hop that with some friends at night, go swimming. But l- larceny and arson and... I mean, these were real things that this kid was doing. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, you got you. You were really scared. You stole candy from a store that one time, right? Yeah. Were you nine? I wasn't nine. I was older than that. I think. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, even even like lightweight thievery of some a bag of chips or something. Nine. Yeah. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't stealing from stores at nine. I knew it early that wasn't my calling, so I never done it again. Cause I got caught. So. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> a good if I didn't call, I don't point. know where I would be. It only, it only, <laughs> career criminal, just cat burglar. He wouldn't be here. <laughs> It'd be some some story. I was telling, him, like, yeah, that kid Francel was like always stealing from people. He's a bad guy. <laughs> so he was eventually re- released from uh, juvenile detention, but in 1975 he was sent back for another assault conviction. So within a couple of years after being put in juvenile detention at nine, he was back in there for some other crime. Mm. So he was really 
put on a pathway of crime early and there was nobody to deter him from it, which is really sad, yeah. you know, because I'm going to get to what he does. But when I'm t- at the point in the story I'm at right now, we're talking about an adolescent kid. We're talking about a kid between nine and 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And he just hungry, crying for attention, whatever it is, you know, he's not a bad guy yet. Yeah. He's just a he's a, a at, an at risk kid and he never got the help that he needed. So about a decade later, in 1984, Collins was detained for six crimes committed in in New Jersey, Mm. and he was convicted on counts of robbery and burglary and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. So at 23 years old, he was already a career criminal and got sentenced to 20 years in in prison. So he's been in and out of correctional institutions for his entire life. He's He's a career criminal by 23, and at 23, he does something bad enough that he gets sentenced to 20 years in prison. Mm. He was paroled on January 11th of 1994 after serving 10 years of the sentence. Okay. That August, he was detained after testing positive for drugs, but he was not prosecuted. So he was detained and, you know, it technically should have been a parole violation, but they didn't violate him. Okay. So he was on probation. He was on probation. Yeah. Yeah. So they, but they didn't, they didn't violate him for testing positive for drugs. Okay. Which, you know, if you violate... Yeah, lucky. Uh, they just overlooked it, or they mm. were being lenient. Whatever the case was, that comes up later as well, okay. because because he goes on and, do, and 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 does a bunch of horrible shit. But so he 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 violated his parole, the terms of his parole, or his probation, mm-hmm. and should have been sent back to prison, but he wasn't. Soon after that, he met thirty year old April Gates at a who was a blackjack dealer at the Golden Nugget Casino in Atlantic City. The two eventually began a relationship, but separated in January of nineteen ninety five. So about a year, within a year of him being released, he met a girl, dated her, and then by the by the following January, he was they had broken up. Mm-hmm. In June of 1995, April Gates reported to the police after witnessing him violate his parole. So she re, she reported Collins to the police after witnessing witnessing him violate his parole, which apparently angered Collins to the point that the two got into a domestic dispute. Mm. I don't I believe he might have put hands on her in the situation, and things escalated. On June 15th, a judge issued a restraining order on Collins, barring him from seeing Gates. Enraged by that decision, on January 17th, shortly before 3 a.m. on a Saturday, Mr. Collins rode a bicycle to Mrs. to Miss Gates's home on North Virginia Avenue. She was not there. Her mother, Shirley Gates, on the other hand, was there and opened the door. He tied up Shirley and shot her two times. Mm, it's the mom. This is her mom. Once above the ear and another below, mm. fatally injuring her. After he stuffed her body in the ba- in the back of his car and drove three what blocks, car? he had a. Oh, I'm sorry. He stole. Oh. He, st- he, st- he stole a car. My <laughs> bad. He had a bike. He had a bicycle. I said that. Yeah, he had a bicycle. So after he stuffed, after he I stuffed, he had like yeah, no, yeah, to no, like a, a bike with a with like a U-Haul attachment to it. That'd be crazy. No, no, no. That's crazy. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's crazy. All right. I mean, he does a lot of crazy shit. So like. That's not insane, yeah. but you haven't gotten the full picture of Darnell, uh, yeah. Darnell yet, so you don't know that that wouldn't be in, that wouldn't be crazy. Yeah, but no, he stole her car. Stole, okay, yeah. So he put her in the trunk of her car, stole her car, drove the car three blocks down the down the road mm-hmm. to the house of Alicia Chapel, mm-hmm. where April where April Gates was partying for her friend's birthday. Mister Collins walked in. April, same, this was the same day. This is the same night. Same night. Right gotcha. from her okay. mom. Right from her house where she was with her mom. He went and found her, which I don't know if they have been in a communication. I don't know how he knew to go there, but I maybe that, he, I, I think he, she was her best friend. I wonder why he went for why he her mom though. 
Well, he had anger. He and, just was like, she's here. Yeah. And well, he, this is, a, he's going on a spree. So mm. there's a lot of senseless violence mm. in this man's pathway. And we've, we've only just begun. So like I said, he kills her mom, goes down the street to her friend, Alicia Chappell's house, enters into the party. Uh, April was sitting down on the couch. When she saw him, she called out his name. He shot her once in the ear. Oh my goodness. Uh, and she stood there, you know, dying. And he shot her twice more in the stomach as he shouted, why'd you tell? But she clearly, what? obviously, didn't answer because she was dying. He at shot a party. Her at a party, yeah. Birthday, a birthday party for her friend. Uh, Mark Cotton, who was a 23-year-old barber, sa- who, who, said, who said that he witnessed the killing, reported that Collins had threatened April before with a gun and had broken her car windows. He said that Collins told Alicia Chapel, who was the friend and the birthday girl and mm-hmm. the owner of the apartment, earlier that day that he would kill April Gates for reporting him. So he told that to her friend. Shit. But I guess this guy has a history of like he 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 would tell people stories about how he stabbed somebody in jail and killed his his cellmate and just brush it off. He, and yeah, people are just like he's just crazy, man. He talks about being how tough he is and how badass he is. As crazy as it sounds, I don't know anybody like this, but I know people who are like, I'll knock him out. You know my hands. You remember? Yeah, I, but that's you not, remember I knocked this guy out. That's not the same. I was like, I'm going to kill somebody. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Obviously, that is a yes. Those things should be taken absolutely serious. Yeah. But I feel like maybe in a, in this world in these neighborhoods. They're just like that's just Darnell, man. I don't know. Nobody pays him anymore. Yeah, but if he has a long list of of cra- and crazy, and he's a career activity, criminal, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then he's saying shit and, like and that, he's, and he's threatening this woman. He's broken the windows. Yeah, out of Yeah, he's saying shit like that. I would like, I would. You gotta. That's what, at some serious. point he's going to snap. Yeah, you got to take it serious. Possibly, but no high but, chance of that. But in this case, nobody did. They just were like, that's just mm-hmm. Darnell being Darnell. After leaving his second victim, Darnell Collins took off in April Gates's gold Saturn. Okay. So he left the mom's car at the apartment, hopped in April's car, took her car. So he took off in the gold Saturn and drove about 30 miles west to Williamstown, New Jersey, and stopped at the Star Motel on Black Horse Pike. William Dawson, who the police identified as a 41-year-old drug dealer, had been living in a room at the motel with a 27-year-old woman named Stacy Smith and her four-year-old son. The police said that Collins's name was in Mr. Dawson's address book, so they knew each other. Collins bursted into Mr. Dawson's hotel room, he shot Dawson to death with a bullet to the chest and shot Miss Smith in the neck, critically wounding her. She was in intensive care at Cooper Hospital University Medical Center in Camden. Um, it did, I didn't see anything about her harming she, the four year, her four-year-old oh. um, kid. Did she survive? No, she was critically wounded, so she died. She, she, oh she, she, eventually, she eventually died. Uh, drugs were found in the motel room, and according to the police, that led them to believe that the attack was drug-related. What kind of gun did he have? That I don't know. You don't know? But he 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 had a lot of ammunition for this gun because he I mean I yeah. again I have not even we haven't even scratched the surface this is this is a really this is a long he's on a spree so uh, Collins abandoned April Gates's car at the motel and drove off in William Dawson's Dawson's rented 1995 Geo Prism Geo Prism they don't even I don't even wow Geo is not even a, a company anymore so I don't even I don't have any uh, like um that's like a day I can't even yeah I can't even conceptualize what a Geo looks like I don't know. It was like a um, hatchback. Picture. It was like a hatchback, like an egg. It shaped like it was shaped like an egg. Okay. It was like a two door. Oh, two door, but a hatchback. But a hatchback. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So ugly. Yep. Okay. And the, and the logo was like a globe. I remember it. Oh wow. <clears throat> well, thank. Well, because Geo. Yeah, yeah. Geo, yeah. Uh, the following day at around two p.m., Collins pulled into a Shell gas station on Route One Thirty, uh, and according to a witness, he was wearing a white t-shirt and shorts. Okay. And but he's on- it. Sorry, he's in his third car now. He's in. He's in. He had a bike, took the mom's car, took April's car, 
Now he's in a so he's in, in his, his third G. vehicle. He's in his G. Okay, he's, he's in, in his G. third vehicle, fourth mode of transportation. Gotcha. So he uh, so he had, so he had on a white t-shirt, shorts, and he was wearing a sun visor. After he got ten dollars worth of gas, which back then, man, I mean, that's probably like, full tank. That that's little a, thing, yeah, might have been a full tickety. Ten dollars now, that's like might as well fill your that's mouth like, up with gas like and just spit it. You might as well just spit it in there. <laughs> like two and a half. Yeah, gallons. that's nothing. Ten dollars won't get you very far. I mean, if you're going back home, I guess you know, like from the gas station up the street from your house. Yeah, ten dollars is cool. But uh, yeah, so he got he got ten dollars worth worth of gas. He went into the mini mart section of the gas station and picked out a bottle of orange juice, some chips, and a candy bar. Okay, some road snacks. Yeah. It's crazy. This again, this guy's at this point. He's killed two people. He's killed three people. I'm, he's killed four people. I'm sorry. He's killed four people. And to have the presence of mind to be like, well, you know, I'm going on a little road trip. Might as well get me some snacks for the road. You know, get a little orange. Get a little, little simply orange. Little, yeah. little uh, take five. Also, do you think those people are are they just like completely gone? Like they don't even know. Yeah, like, this is a psychotic break. Psychotic break. Mm-hmm. Or do you think it's like, okay, what I did, like what he did to the mom. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, I'm just too deep at this point. I'm fully aware of what I'm doing, but now I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just too deep. Those are those are different questions. I feel like it is a combination of him being like in a psychotic break, a dissociative state, and also like, well, I got to just keep moving. Like well, the psychotic police break, are de- the right? Police are de- I'm sure he's I'm sure he's aware of like the police are definitely after me. Keep moving. Do whatever you got to do to survive because I'm about to get into more details of what happens at the gas station, but he's like in survival mode. So it's not like uh, he's just floating around through life. This isn't, um, what's that movie? I think, I think I saw it with you in the movie theater. I can't remember. The stri- remember The Strangers? Where it was those people that had those really weird masks on, they just came to a house in the woods. Or like, oh, and they yeah, were just like, why'd you, why yeah, are you yeah, doing this? Like, because yeah, yeah. you were home. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that. I think he's aware that I'm doing crimes and I'm doing bad things, but I'm, I'm, I've, I'm in too deep now. I th- when but I think also, of, I'm willing to do whatever. I think a psychotic break to me, I, I, it, it reminds me of just like when people say I blacked out. That's what, that's what I think. Sure, sure. No, like he's definitely like making after, like, like yeah. maybe if they go through this, this, this timeline, whatever they're doing, then like a day later, they go, what the I, hell? What yeah. the hell? Did, I was just happened? on a manic. Yeah, like yeah. I, yeah, no, he definitely is making decisions. Okay. These are not, so he's he, not he like is, blindly wandering through life. Okay. No, I think he's definitely, but I, I wouldn't, I, I, I can't, because of, again, haven't even scratched the surface. There's still a whole bunch of shit, more stuff that goes on. So maybe you'll even change your thoughts on that by the time I'm finished. But I can't say that he is in a blind state and just, just, just moving blindly through the world because he's clearly making decisions and what he's doing, but everything's so callous and, and evil and, 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 and like absolutely brutal that it feels like he something had to snap to get him there, but he's also making decisions. So I don't know what that's called. Yeah. So like I said, he's at the gas station, he bought gas, he bought some candy bars. And when he put the items on the counter, he pulled his revolver. So that answers your question from earlier. It was a revolver. He pulled his revolver from under his T-shirt, stuck it against the attendant, whose name was Badri Asi, who was 60 years old, and demanded money. Yeah, if I were to buy a gun, it would be a revolver, too. Okay. Thanks for telling Why? Because they look cool. They got the long barrels. They're like 12-inch or whatever. Oh, you'd have like a 44 Magnum, like the big boy. Who? You. Me what? You're saying it has a big barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have like like a Clint Eastwood gun. Yeah, that's is it. Magnum, is that what it is? Yeah, because like a, a is, it's like a, a thirty-eight's a, a revolver too. It's still a revolver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there, I like those type of guns. Yeah, sure, sure. But sure. a Magnum, yes, the big barrel. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Man, you clean, yeah. just all uh, metal, the silver. Look of the smile on your <laughs> face is making me very uncomfortable. You are <laughs> what? I just would love to have a gun right now. Just the look of it. Oh, protection, man. I get. I respect it. Uh, Pow! It just sorry. <laughs> 
probably gonna cut that out. To be honest with you. <laughs> so anyway, back to the story. So he said, he said, give me your money. Uh, I wasn't even if you cut that out here, but I wasn't like me shooting some. I guess it is. Me yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and cut it. Yeah, it's just cut bad that. timing. Even if that wasn't what even I'm about to describe to you, how he shot a guy. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um, so he <clears throat> he said, "Give me your money." This is what Mr. Aussie said. Uh, I had eighty dollars. I had eighty or hundred dollars in my pocket. I gave that to him. He pushed me with his gun in my back. Then I said, "No money in the cash register." I pushed his gun, and he hit me in the head and the face. So that was bold. bold. Yeah, that was bold very move. bold to to like move the gun. I man, get that shit out of my face, man. Yeah. Which is, I have to assume his purpose was like, I gave you the money, man. Like, go ahead, get the gun out yeah. of my face. And he's like, man, and he fucking he fucking uh, pistol whipped him. Mm. So he didn't he didn't shoot Mr. Collins. He made off with a total of eight hundred and fifty four dollars. So there was some money in the cash register. So I mean, hey, I know you got to protect the money, but come on, man. He said he had eighty or hundred dollars in his pocket, so it was probably about seven hundred dollars in the in the register. Just give him the money. Take give it. Them, just give him the money. Take it here, man. Just doop, doop, bang on the buttons. Yeah, take it. Take everything. Because it, it could have got. It could have got. It could have got bad. For it's not worth it. So uh, at this point, police police forces along the East Coast had been alerted, and that Monday, the, that Monday, the Geo Prism, Mr. Collins had been driving, was discovered by police further north in Camden, New Jersey. Okay, but there was no trace of Collins. New Jersey officials notified the New York police that he might be in New York City because it's just across the water. Um. They were asked to check his aunt's house, who lives in Har- who lived in Harlem at the time, but he was not there. And the apartment of a brother and sister in Harlem were also staked out, but to no avail. So it's another place that he might have been known to frequent was look was was staked out, but he didn't come there either. So you got to get a warrant for that, right? To they went to, to go to, to his go house. and check the house. No, no, to go knock on the. Do- I mean, you can't come in, but you can knock on the door and say, "Hey, is this person here?" And they can go, "No, oh, you can't come in. Do you have a warrant?" But you can go to a house and knock on the door. Okay, that's what I thought. They, I thought they like but to go to in. You have to have a search, right? I thought they but to knock on the door and go, "Hey, has your nephew come here?" And she can go, "No, she could be lying. She could tell the truth." So Mr. Collins surfaced again just before two p.m. on Tuesday, seemingly indifferent to the hour of the day and the crowds. He approached an attendant at a parking lot at West Twenty Sixth Street near the Avenue of the Americas and demanded money from a parking lot attendant. So they, you know, wow. they they are they are going to have cash because they get tips and stuff. So, I mean, but like it's two o'clock in broad daylight on a on a Tuesday. On How a long was this after the this, the this, the, market? It's, this the it's like the the next day. So what is he trying? What is he trying this to do is, now? Oh, he's just he's not trying to do anything. He's simply surviving and he got eight hundred bucks, huh? He got eight hundred bucks in his. What does that mean? He's in New York. That's a slice of pizza and uh like a two train rides or something. You know what I mean? Like that's not a lot of money. Let me get into some of his choices because we're a long way still. Mm. Still so much to happen. And there's still so many things that happen that he does that make you question, like, what are, his, what are his motives? What is he trying to accomplish? What is he doing? So, like I said, uh, he robs a, a, a parking lot attendant in broad daylight on a Tuesday. Uh, the attendant's name was Jose Gabriel Escapar, es, Escarpeta. He was 38 years old and apparently resisted the robbery. Mr. Collins put three bullets into his arm and shoulder. Which killed him. Wow. He he Damn. bled out. He bled out at the scene, so he died. Although police investigators said that they were looking into whether uh, the death of Mister Escarpeta was connected to the the drug related killing of his brother the previous January, they eventually came out and said that it was clear that it was a robbery. So his brother had been killed in a drug type of 
Theo gone bad or something like that. So they thought maybe this was related to that. Yeah. But then they were like, no, this is clearly, this was just a robbery. But they looked into it like that initially. After Mr. Escarpeta was killed, Collins fled on foot to a building at 138 West 25th Street. He went to the ninth floor and stepped into the elevator where he encountered two men who worked in the building. Jeffrey Rourke, who was 26 years old and a computer graphics designer, and David Roth, who was, fi- who was a 54-year-old architect. As the elevator descended, Collins shot both men in the head. Damn. Mr. Rourke died instantly while Mr. Roth was pronounced dead a day or so later at St. Vincent Hospital and Medical Center. No rhyme or reason to that. He just shoots two dudes in an elevator. They, were, they, they work in the building. Yeah. On the third floor, the elevator opened into an advertising business, which is uh, my guess is that uh, Jeffrey Rourke might have worked there because he was a graphic designer. So the elevator opens up on the third floor of the of this building. So this is a business like building. Yes, yeah, like a plot. Like I thought a, it was a hotel. Okay. No, no, right. it's like a like a bit like a business building yeah, like yeah. with a bunch of different businesses on each yeah, floor. Yeah. Um, so the elevator opens into this advertising building. Several several people are now gasping in terror at the sight of two bleeding men and a gunman standing over them. Uh, as he brandished his gun, Mister Collins tried to yank a man into the elevator with him, but the man resisted. So then Collins got off the elevator, pointed his gun at the man, and demanded, "How do I get out of here?" He was guided by the man to a freight elevator. Alone, he took it to the ground floor and fled onto West 25th Street. Police said that they believed that at the time Collins got off on the third floor, uh, his gun was empty or else he probably would have shot the person who guided him to the freight elevator as well. Yeah. So they think that he was just brandishing his gun, but he didn't really have any. He hadn't reloaded it. Darnell Collins' spree of carnage is not over yet, friend. Uh, That evening... He turned up at a garbage-infested apartment that the police suspected it to be a crack house in a brownstone on East 126th Street in Harlem. At about 10 p.m., he shot a woman named Norma Acosta once in the head in said apartment. A woman who lives on the third floor of the building, who gave her name only as Tootsie, said that Miss Acosta banged on her door and yelled, Help me, help me. Then she said the bleeding woman stumbled down the stairs and banged into some garbage cans as she left. So she didn't open the door for her. Damn. But she got shot in the head, though, right? She got shot in the head, but, you know, it doesn't always mean you, you know instant death, you know? Shit. Also, to answer your question, so Miss Acosta survived, friend. Oh. Uh, she, was, she was 39 years old, wow. and she told the police that she had met Collins on the street earlier in the day. Um, she said they went, to, they went to this apartment, this garbage-filled apartment, where they ate dinner and then smoked crack. She told the police that Mr. Collins had got paranoid, and so he shot her. Now, keep this in mind. At this point, this, is, this says earlier in the day, so I don't know if this is before or after he went into that building, but at this point, he, he's killed at least four people. And still, this is, men are hilarious. So he still had the presence of mind to be like, damn, little mama, like, uh, um, you want to meet up later? Maybe you can, uh, I'll page you, and mm. we can maybe smoke some crack and eat some pizza or something like that. Like, the idea that he's in the middle of this spree and still is like, be nice to have some sex tonight, you know? It'd be yeah. nice to, you know, that's, like, that's, just to further like dive into his mania and whatever kind of you know mind state he's in to make decisions like that to buy an orange juice and a candy bar and some chips right before you rob the place after you've killed four people you know like he is able to both be so cold-blooded but also so chill and Mm. normal and functioning and talk to people make plans with a woman later on in the day and then possibly before this either happened before or after so I, either way it's terrible but possibly made plans with that woman then went to this building yeah went up in the elevator shot two dudes randomly in the head and then you know 
escaped through a freight elevator. Yeah. Like that could have happened after he was like, so yeah, I make figure maybe we go get a white, some White Castle burgers, smoke a little crack. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> you can meet me at such and such up in Harlem. You know, like he made those plans. And then he got paranoid after smoking crack with that lady and shot her in their head. So that's absolutely insane. Hey. So less than an hour after this incident, at 11.20 p.m., Collins was at, a, was at 119th Street and 3rd Avenue, where he ran into Reverend Robert Gethers, who was a 46-year-old pastor at, at the Canaan Land Christian Church of Christ, and Joseph Johnson, who was a deacon at the church. They were in front of the church and should have been gone long ago, but the engine in Mr. Gethers' car, a 1985 Chrysler LeBaron, would not turn over, and they had just finished jump-starting it. So right when they just they're out there fixing up his car, getting his car right, boom, this you know this dude comes out, and it's just terrible timing. So Darnell Collins comes out while this reverend and this deacon are trying to get his car started. Collins demanded their money. When Mister Johnson said that he didn't that he didn't have any money, Collins asked three times for Mister for Mister Gether's wallet. He said, "Give me your money or I'll shoot you," which is good motivation. The pastor said, "I just pulled it out and gave it to him." The wallet contained $350, some credit cards, and a phone card. You <laughs> kids don't even know the, the seat of privilege at which you sit. Y'all don't know anything about nights and weekends. Y'all don't know what it's like to be like, oh, I only have nine minutes left. Yeah. So I can't call. I'm, I'm running out of minutes. There used yeah. to be a minute. You used to have to pay for minutes. Think about that. Think about what capitalism was. You used to have to pay for, there was a time when you had to pay for time. It was a time where you was free after like five. Yeah, nights and weekends. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know, that doesn't even mean anything anymore. That's not even a term anymore. I thought about that. The other That's day, a though. dead term. That's crazy. Nights and weekends means nothing anymore. Yeah. Like the idea that you're like, well, I only use my phone on nights and weekends. Like why? You just use it whenever you want to. Oh, if you had the same carrier too. It was free. Oh, the, uh, that person? Sprint? Oh, yeah, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of that. Yeah. I just was only uh, operating on Nights and weekends functions, or, or, I, <laughs> yeah. or I, I got, I got minutes to blow. Yeah, I got mad minutes to spare. Um, but you couldn't keep a phone though, so. Yeah, we don't have to get into that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we don't have to get into that. No, I lost hella phones, hella Boost Mobile phones. I lost so many Boost Mobile phones. It's pretty sad. <laughs> Man, it's cool ones too. Yeah. Ones I spent all my birthday money on. Crazy, and phone was dry. <laughs> 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 Didn't need the phone, but I like. I don't like that I lost it. You know. Phone was dry. Nobody was calling me in seventh grade. <laughs> if it wasn't you, I didn't even. I fucking just I pull it out. I had the one you hit, you hit the button on the side and it opens up on its own. Yeah, that was futuristic at that point. And I just opened it up and like just play polyphonic ringtones yeah. to pass the time, <laughs> just to let people know like I have a I have a phone. Play, play snake, just fucking doing everything but uh, calling somebody or texting somebody. They <laughs> <laughs> was doing so much with that phone other than that, playing around with the different vibrations. Like how do I want it to vibrate if somebody was to call me? What kind of ringtone do I want to be the ring when it rings? If it if it rings, if it ever rings, and it didn't because not only was it dry, but then I lost it. So, you know, I don't know if I don't know. You know, I, I would be bold enough to say I don't know if anybody ever called me on that phone because <laughs> I had it not that long. You didn't have it long enough. I didn't have it that long, but oh, I should have. I mean, somebody should have called me on it at some point. But <laughs> I, I, I'm I feel confident enough to say it. I don't think anybody called me on it, and I and then I lost it. Yeah. So yeah, good times, man. You know. <laughs> It's fun. It's fun. Never even got to boost mobile. Never, boop, boop. I never even. No. I don't think I ever chirped you once. No. I never even got to chirp you, man. Here we are, though. We still still standing oh, all these years shit, later, bro. Time. You know. So, like I said, he he ro he robs this pastor and and his deacon. He steals three hundred and fifty dollars, a credit card, and a phone card. Mister Gether said that Collins then hopped into his LeBaron and told him that he would leave it several blocks uptown. But then I saw the taillights keep going. 
he said. So it, it worked. It cut over. Well, they had just turned the engine over. And oh, the Darnell Collins came out, out of the shadows. Oh, okay, yeah, no, they you. had just okay. jump-started it with the cables or yeah. whatever. And then as soon as they like, oh, man, great, finally. <laughs> what <laughs> I thought was they jump-started it, and it still didn't work. No, no. And he and it was just like, the car's still not working, so we couldn't leave, and he comes up. No, they probably turned it over, and they're like, okay. you know, all right, man, putting the cables right. back in my car. Okay, man, well, you know, we're going to have Sunday service this week. It's going to yeah. be a little early. But boom, Darnell Collins comes out okay. of the shadows with yeah, his see, fucking I was that, revolver. Like, the dang. car started. Darnell Collins was like, thank you for starting my car. Yeah. You know, and then he took his money and hopped in the car. At around 2.45 a.m., Collins hailed a taxi on Amsterdam Avenue near 82nd Street. A dispatcher said that there was a dispute over the fare for a trip to 101st Street. The cab company wanted $6, and Mr. Collins felt that $5 was enough money. Shit. Finally, Collins gave in. Oh. So he was like, all right, fine, I'll give you $6. But check this shit out, friend. On the way uptown, Collins shot the driver. Whose name was Emmanuel Milan. So he argued him down That's what I thought. for money that he was probably never gonna pay maybe, him anyway. Yeah. So this man is this is a psychopath. Maybe he was though. Maybe he was maybe gonna that, pay his Maybe dude. that pushed and him over the edge. Argument was like, oh, all right. Oh, I don't want to place blame on him like if he wouldn't have been. Well, I'm not doing that, but yeah, I'm yeah, saying but that, I, like even, I don't want it to be misconstrued. Yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't want it to be like, well, if you wouldn't argue, then you just would have took the five. No, I'm saying that he was But like, that's a good point. Yeah, he's just, just in this crazy mindset where it's like that, exactly, that conflict pissed him off. It yeah, made him mad. It could have. like, I'm, he, the guy was just doing his job. Yeah. 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 That could yeah, that could have played a part for sure. So, like I said, on the way uptown, he shoots he shoots Emmanuel Milan in the back of his head. His body was found at 177 East 101st Street, and the police found Mr. Gether's telephone card next to the body. Yeah. That's why taxi drivers, that that job always bothered me. Yeah, I don't like people Somebody sitting behind, behind me. you. I don't like people sitting behind um, me. I don't like people that I, I don't like people sitting behind me in general. I right. feel uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. obviously if I, my mom or something like that, but like if I don't know if you if you were like this is my friend yeah. and they're sitting behind me, I don't like I don't, like, I don't like people sitting behind me. Nope. So like I said, uh he 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 shoots he shoots Mr. Milan, takes his car, they find his body with the 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 phone card from uh Pastor Gether next to his body. So this dude's just leaving clues yeah. from his it's a spree. It's just it's just, just a trail of chaos. <laughs> I mean, he thinks he's doing, he's getting away because he's like, I'm only going to take your car a couple blocks. Yeah. And then I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah. So he's like, they can't ever, they're always a step behind. <laughs> yeah. And I can, clearly I can keep this going forever. I can just keep, it's like Grand Theft Auto. I'll just keep switching cars and driving for a little bit and hop out. I mean, this dude, he's, he's. Not you leaving bodies behind, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, everything about this is chaotic and I'm sure he thinks he's nailing it. I really do. I really feel he's like, psh, like the best criminal ever. So uh, Collins fled in Mr. Milan's white 1980s Oldmobile Delta 88. So the last half hour of Darnell Collins' life went very quickly, Fran. At about 6.30 a.m. that morning, a woman called the Newark police in the city's North Ward to report three people that had a gun in front of her building and were harassing a woman on, on Broad Street. This time, however, it was Mr. Collins who was in the wrong place. You see, Fran, according to the police, he was not involved with those three men. He was just in the area. When the police arrived, they spotted Mr. Carl, Mr. Collins in the white Oldsmobile. Mm. He got spooked and hurriedly drove away, scraping the police car. So they weren't Damn. even there for him. But he saw them and was yeah. like, oh, my God, get out of here. Yeah. Pull off. He scraped their car. So obviously they, you know, Chase. they chased, they, they, they followed pursuit. And the Newark police pursued Collins through the North Ward for 20 minutes. They lost him in Belleville, which is the next town over to the north. But the, Vel the Belleville police quickly picked up on his trail. Collins fired a shot through his, through his rear window, striking the bumper of the trailing police car. Then he fired several more shots. This is, he's, while he's driving. This is Shit behind him. Yeah, yeah. 
crazy. Oh, this is not. I mean, this is not. But that's the thing. I did, you know, they say about spree killers. People that are on sprees like this, they rarely are brought in alive. Like they, they're, they're not, they're not gonna go down without a fight. Like yeah. they just are not gonna go. Oh, you got me. Yeah. Like they started this whole thing, guns blazing. They're gonna go out that way. Like they're gonna continue to be in the same mind state that they've been in. So he's like, nope, you're chasing me. I'm gonna shoot you till you stop chasing me. So he's firing shots from behind himself through the window of the car at police. Um, he was hurtling along Washington Avenue and he tried to turn onto Kingsland Street near near Clifton near the Clifton, New Jersey border. And then he struck an embankment. He careened into the yard of a house at 147 Kingsland Street before hurtling into the neighboring yard at 151 Kingsland Street. So the car skidding and popping curbs and all this type of stuff. Uh, the car the car eventually settled on the sidewalk. So, you know, it's it's, it's settled, stalled out, mm-hmm. was inoperable. So he gets out. Collins leapt out from the crumpled car and eluded officers as he weaved through yards. In a combat stance, he hunkered behind a retaining wall of a house. As officers approached, he stood and began firing. Mm. The police fired back. Hearing a barking dog, Arlene Krause peered out of her bathroom window to see Collins crouched in her neighbor's driveway. She said he started shooting and the cops were shooting at him and I'm screaming to my family to stay down. She said, I was in horror. Yeah. There's a full blown, like uh, Billy, the Sundance kid or whatever shootout in, in, in her neighbor's yard. So no one was hitting the exchange, but the windows were shot out of a neighbor's Acura. Collins sprinted onto Walnut street and desperately rammed his shoulder against the side door of a house. It did not open. Thank God. So yeah, but like, I just think it, it's something funny in that where in the movies they make that shit look so kick the doorknob, the yeah. whole door comes off the hinges, and I think in his his manic mind, his his mind's going a thousand miles an hour. He's like, been, everything's been going my way. Ugh. Tried to throw a shoulder into the door. Nope, didn't work. So failed. Yeah. So he had to turn around and run the other way. At Washington Avenue and Memorial Drive, he fired two more shots. He missed. He got his ammo for. That's what I was wondering, man. I mean, this dude had a pocket full of bullets. <laughs> yeah, like he, and it's a revolver. It's so a revolver. You got yeah, to manually dump them. Yeah. dump the bullets. But he had a lot of bullets, Damn. apparently. And then he darted through a park. Then he scurried beneath the Kingsland Street Bridge. He laid on his back in a shallow river as he reloaded his gun. As officers neared, Collins allegedly resumed shooting. But it was the officer's bullets that found their target. Mm. Darnell Collins was pronounced dead at 10.13 a.m. at the University Hospital in Newark. There were 14 gunshot wounds in his head, torso, legs, and Damn. arm. Oh, they lit him up. He had started, he'd been shooting the police. You know, they probably know he's killed some And he people. made it to the hospital? I mean, he was pronounced dead at the hospital. Ugh. They took him to the hospital. I'm sure he was dead in the, I'm sure he was dead at the scene, yeah. but they took him to the hospital and where they officially pronounced him dead. Upon the end of Collins' spree, Damn. questions started to raise about his parole officer, John Goodman. Not that John Goodman, obviously. And why, and why he didn't take further actions in response to Collins' parole violations. Because Collins was a dangerous criminal and a reoffender. This led to allegations that John Goodman had neglected his position, and after undergoing an administrative hearing on October 19th, the court agreed, and Goodman was stripped of his position in January of 1996. So again, I bring this up all the time about these, you know, these positions, bureaucracy, these, you know... Um, Sometimes people fuck off their job and they go, it would be more paperwork for me to fucking file mm. for him having, you know, marijuana in his urine sample. Just fucking, hey, man, just don't be dirty next time you come. And so because he but but then when that guy goes on to kill seven people, 
it's like, well, if you would have violated him, he'd have gone back to prison. Yeah. So that's this is on you. So that's what happened. Yeah. And I mean, it is. I could avoid all this. It, it is on him. Yeah. You know, because he did violate the terms of his parole. So, too. But yeah, so that was the story of Darnell Collins. Rest in peace to all of his victims. It was a a senseless spree, man. There was really no um, rhyme or reason to it. I, I mean, I guess if you had to put a rhyme or reason to it, you would say he was he felt slighted because April had um, reported him for a parole violation or whatever. But that is not grounds to do what he did. Also, I want to say that um, I've been accused a couple of I think we both have have been accused of. Uh, some victim blaming when it comes to stories like this of domestic violence and such and such of the sorts. And this is an example of a story where I go, yeah, okay, fair point. Like it's not a situation. I, I, I can't say like, well, he, she should have just stopped talking to him. Cause she did all the stuff. She put a restraining order out on him. You know, like she did all this stuff. I was, I wouldn't blame her at all. I forgot all about. No, of course I'm not. I, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying there have been stories that involve a man and a woman and then the man comes back and kills the woman and we might go, man, well, that's why you shouldn't just don't call, don't talk to him anymore. And sometimes it, we did. Yeah. We've done that before where we go, you know, Hey man, you know, maybe you should stop dating them or don't call them anymore, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is a case where, where it's like, okay, well, yeah, even if they do do that, that's, that doesn't make him stop calling them or him stop showing up to your house or him stop threatening you. Like, so I'm just trying to, acknowledge things that I've heard before and say, okay, yeah, I get that. And um, this is an example where I go, yeah, okay. She did all the stuff that I would say, Hey, this person, maybe they didn't do that. Maybe you should have done that. And it's like, okay, well in this case they did that. And he still killed her mom and her and her, you know, hurt all these people and Mm -hmm. went on a spree. So it's just something to think about as a man. I don't think about stuff really as a man. I'm dumb enough to go, Hey man, I don't know. Don't answer the phone. Like that's how my life, that's how my life works. And so sometimes I, put that on stories that we do where I go, man, fucking if some girl was getting on my nerves or if I don't, don't, don't call her anymore. That's because it's that simple for me. Yeah. And you know, but, um, that's my, it's not biased, but it's just, I don't know. It's just my perspective sometimes getting lost in the story and, and me clouding the judgment of the story. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just something to think about. Anyway, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you guys to fuck up shit. So stick around. Welcome back. It's my turn to go. My firm of murder this week is about the murder of James Craig Anderson. Hmm. So James Craig Anderson was born in Holmes County, Mississippi. His father died when Anderson was young. Anderson had a sister, Barbara Anderson Young, and two brothers, Louis and Edward J. Anderson. And they attended local schools. Anderson later moved to Jackson, Mississippi, where he participated in church and was known for his tenure. For 17 years, he had been in a relationship with James Bradfield Mm. and was helping him rear a young relative for whom the latter was guardian. So he ended up being a stepfather to this this young kid that his, his partner was taking care of. Right. In the seven years prior to his death, Anderson had been working on the assembly line in the Nissan plant in Jackson, in the Jackson suburb of Canton, Mississippi. So a group of young white men and women. What year, what year is this? Uh, this. I'm just wondering because like he's in an openly gay relationship in Mississippi. This was 2011. He's 47 years old. Oh wow. Okay. So that's that's different. That's yep. Different. But I mean, still, it's it's not different because it's Mississippi. So oh, he's yeah. still way behind. So yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> way behind. 
Like, we're right where we want to be. <laughs> we're not behind anything. You guys are behind. You guys are behind. You guys are all twisted up. Yeah. Yeah, so a group of white men and women were drinking and partying in a small town of Puckett in a predominantly white Rankin County, Mississippi. According to a lawyer representing one or more of these perpetrators, they decided to go and buy more beer in a location where stores were open later at night. Mm -hmm. So according to law enforcement officials, a veteran police officer, Eric Fox of the Jackson Police Department, and Daryl Detman, an 18-year-old white man from Jackson's suburb of Brandon, Mississippi, don't know. Never been to Mississippi. Don't plan on going to Mississippi. So I don't know where any of these and also, towns and counties be, are at. I could be very wrong, but it's like, I mean, what does a suburb in Mississippi look like? I might be, you know, that's, that's me. That's me being, that's me being a big city folk. Let me stop that. Yeah. I'm like, what do you guys have? Two grocery stores? <laughs> I'm sure Mississippi suburbs are very nice. I'm sure Mississippi. But it sounds like they're, but you have Puckett County. Uh-huh. Rank, Rank, Rankin County and Brandon. I'm assuming they're small yeah, towns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Right yeah. next door to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And they <laughs> um, have like rival sports teams, but they are, you could throw a rock to the next school. Have, yeah. It's like right. a different, it's a different town though. Yep. Um, so yeah, so Daryl Detman, an 18 year old white man from Jackson, from the Jackson suburb of Brandon, Mississippi, led the group in planning to attack blacks in Jackson. In 2011. For that to be an activity. Yeah. To be like. Go hack some blacks. Let's go, let's go. Hack hunt, a black. Some, let's go hunt some blacks. Let's go, yeah, let's go. Uh, that's, yeah. That's, and, and go out of, and go out of your way to do it. Like. It's not out of their way at all. It's like nothing else to do. But I mean like you got to drive like 20 miles. Yeah. To to do this activity that, that you know you want to call it whatever. Activity. But it's that's it sounds crazy though. Like absolutely insane. We're not gonna go part. We're What'd get, you do Friday? Drunk? You know, went night riding, you know, yeah, went man. found some coloreds and coloreds? This is two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Yes. That's what they're called. Yeah. That's what we did. It's the game. We yeah. love this game we love. It's something we love to do crack every Friday the, night. Play, crack the coloreds. Yeah. Then we go get some brewskis. It's a fun time. We make fun of Jewish people and then we go and throw eggs at the one Mexican person that we know. Yep. Yeah, so they what they did was they you know had a plan to attack blacks in Jackson. Mm-hmm. They talked about collecting bottles to throw at people. Wow. Deadman said to friends, "Let's go fuck with some Negroes." In 2011. 2011. I can tell you, you what. You know what he said. I know what he said. But I, I'm not that gonna word, say it's Black History Month. Yeah, but that word I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to get out of my vocabulary, so I don't want to sure. say it at all. I respect it. <laughs> um, but you know he didn't say that. I know. Oh, in the story, oh, yeah. he doesn't say that. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, Negro. We know what he said. 1957. That's definitely not what he we said. We know what he said. <laughs> I just don't. Like, I don't want to say that word okay, anymore. Okay, cool. So cool. That's why I pick, I picked that word. Cool. Uh, but yeah, we all know. Yeah, we know exactly what he said. What they, I know the ERS on it. We all know what he said. So the group split up. Between Deadman's green 1998 Ford F-250, his truck, and a white Jeep Cherokee. So Big boy, too. They, Oh, yeah. They split up in the, the two groups. Yeah, yeah. They split up in the groups. They each drove 16 miles west on Interstate 20 to a predominantly black area on the western edge of Jackson. Mm. According to prosecutors, the people in the Jeep were the first to spot James Craig Anderson near his truck in the parking lot at the Metro in Jackson at 5 a.m., on June 26th, they contacted Detman and the others to join them. So they went, hey, we, we found, found one. one. Come over here. Mm-hmm. And they all met up. Mm-hmm. So the two vehicles the two vehicles with the group of whites pulled off um, the freeway and into the motel parking lot. The group said they believed that Anderson was trying to steal a vehicle because they saw him trying to break into one. The vehicle was Anderson's. He owned that vehicle. So he's made up a reason he had, for them to He had lost his keys. That's why he seemed like, oh, like he was trying to break into yeah. this vehicle. 
So the group repeatedly beat Anderson and robbed him. Did so. So their justification was like, well, he was committing a crime, so we attacked him, and yeah. then we committed a crime, not only assaulting him, but we we stole from him. Yeah. But we stole from. It's justified because he's black for one. To, yeah. And he was and, break and, and, he was a, and he's a thief. Yeah. So we one eye for an eyed him, and we stole what was we stole what he had. Yep. That was their justification. Yeah. But they know. This was all. Yeah, it was. He could have had the keys. He could. It, it could have had a, <laughs> a. It could have had a decal of his own face on the hood of yeah. the car and be like, "Fucking." He could have been cleaning his tires. Yes. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh yeah, he was. He was stealing." Oh like, yeah. Something. What are you putting air in these tires before you steal the car? What you stealing the rims? <laughs> yeah. So the group repeatedly beat Anderson and robbed him. The district attorney said, citing reports from witnesses, video from a motel security camera shows the the perpetrators entering and leaving the picture frame, but did not capture beating. Wow, of course. One well, witness reported that one of the perpetrators yelled "White Power" when returning to his truck after the beating. So this, I did find the video of the um, of the incident. So it was like an old video, obviously. But did it have audio? It didn't have audio, and it was it was kind of like black and white, so it was hard to see. But you mm. could see them like you could see the cars pulling into the parking lot. You could see them going back and forth, and but like you can't see the actual running. Attack. You can't see the actual attack. So William Montgomery drove the Jeep the Jeep away with several passengers, including jo- John Aaron Rice. Deadman drove his pickup truck over Anderson, who was who was staggering um, along the edge of the lot. He drove the car the truck over him. So as they beat this guy, you know this guy. It reminded me seeing the video. It's you know it's hard to see, but once you know what's going on, you can yeah. kind of figure out what's going on. It reminded me of. Um, what was the guy that was um that was killed going for a jog? What was his name? Oh, Ahmad Arbery. Ahmad Arbery. Do you you remember seeing? I know the video was graphic. Do you remember seeing the video? Yeah, I remember. So it was part of the video that he was like, just like fumbling. Skir- yeah, yeah, he, he was like fumbling. So trying to shake, juke the car, the truck, and stuff. Yeah, yeah just trying to like survive, but try, yeah. trying to get away when it's knowing that he doesn't have the power mm. to, to do that. So uh, James Craig Andy was like, the video was like him doing the same thing. He was like, he was beaten, and it was like. He was just trying to get away, yeah. and they pulled off and ran right. You can see there's like this little person just walking, and he, he ran that big truck right over him. In a movie, that would be the moment where all the racist kids, because I'm assuming these are like young people. Yeah, they were younger too. Yeah, all the all the racist kids are like, whoa, man, hey, we just wanted to beat him up. Yeah. like the, But the driver's like super racist. Yeah. Like, He's we're all leader. racist, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like you, whoa, man. You're on the top you team. Went, you you went, level. that was too far. With a... Ford F two fifty, the two, the big boys. Yes, yeah. The front of that truck is hitting you in the face. Oh yeah, man, that's um, that's very graphic. So later, Deadman, you know, was going around saying, "Hey, you know, we did this." So he was. Oh, like, he's bragging about it. Bragging like, oh, wow. that's the driver. We beat that that Negro up. Yeah, uh, Deadman. Yeah, Deadman was the driver. He's the guy. The, yeah. yeah, I could tell. Yep. So again, he boasted about beating and running over Anderson. And saying, you know, I ran that Negro over. So law enforcement officials said that Deadman repeated this statement with the racial slur and subsequent conversation. So he was like, mm-hmm. ran that in over, did ran this that in over. They better not uh, be alive. Something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He, they better not do something because I'll find another. Just He probably was just going off, saying all yeah. kinds of crazy shit. People just like, yeah, now I got a taste for it. They're like, whoa. Uh. Uh, so Deadman was arrested by the. The uh, Hens is either Hens or Hines County Sheriff on July 6th and was charged with capital murder. Mm-hmm. The incident was considered to be racially motivated. The Hens County District Attorney Robert 
Shula Smith said that, said the killers spoke racial slurs during the attack. Yes. This was a criminal. This was a, a crime of hate. Um, yes. He told CNN. So Deadman murdered this man because he was black. John Aaron Rice, then a teenager, assaulted Anderson before he was run over and was charged with simple assault. Rice was released on a five thousand dollar bail. I think they all should be charged with capital murder. I, you know. I, I think so. They, I think so too. Okay. Prosecutors pursued additional charges against Rice, as well as Detman's other accomplices who were at the scene. Doesn't matter. I don't care if you guys was just we was just there and we didn't do anything. No. Y'all was involved in it. You knew you, you all, already knew you what I was going to do. Yeah, it's not like they were <laughs> going to Bennigan's and right. then this guy made a detour and he beat up this dude and he ran him over. Yeah, you all left your house with the intention of going and beating up some black dude. Yep. You did that and then it escalated and went too far. But you all were complicit in being in that car. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I'm, I've heard stories um, about people who I just was in the car. No, this isn't that. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't that. So the FBI opened an investigation into the crimes as a civil rights violation. So FBI spokeswoman Deborah Madden said on August 17th that the FBI wanted to determine whether federal civil rights crimes occurred, including hate crimes. Their investigation revealed a larger pattern of attacks against African-Americans from 2012 to 2014. The FBI indicted a total of 10 individuals involved in a conspiracy to commit hate crimes. Just me thinking of that, I think of like a fucking MySpace fucking Facebook group. Yeah. Well, this is just all, something that, yeah. They all do. This isn't, this wasn't, this group of kids or whatever, however old they are, I don't want to say kids, but like, this wasn't just like their idea of a thing to do on a Friday night. This yeah. is something that happens. Yeah. Which is just more reason why I feel comfortable being like, man, I'm good on Mississippi. And I'll make little jokes about what the suburbs of Mississippi look like. Because... Fuck Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sure we have some listeners there. I'm sure you guys are great, and thank you to you guys and everything. But, like, yeah. I'm good. I'm going to pass them. I'm, I'm good. I'm I won't be good. there. Nope. Yeah, so there was a series of uh, hate crimes between 2012 to 2014. The FBI indicted a total of 10 individuals involved in a conspiracy to commit hate crimes against African Americans in Jackson, including an attack against Anderson. For other incidents, beginning in the spring of 2011 and extending through March 20. 22nd of 2012 mm-hmm. was punching and kicking of an African African American man walking near a golf course in the body, head and face until he begged for his life. Yep. Attempting to run over an African American man in a parking lot, quickly accelerating their vehicles in an attempt to hit him. These are all just different. These are different. Yeah, different yep. people. Yep. Yeah. But the guy was, you know, fortunately able to jump out of the way. Yeah. Um, another one was using a slingshot to attack various African-American individuals, including a teenage boy riding a bike. Man. Oh, slingshot. Slingshot, yeah. Bart man. Simpson? <laughs> slingshot. What's wrong? We Throw a rock even... on that. And oh, fling man. It. Oh, the velocity. <laughs> Don't let that hit an eye. Eye's gone. No. So on September 20th, a grand jury indicted Detman on charges of capital murder as well as a hate crime. Capital murder in Mississippi carries the sentence of death or life in prison without parole. Attorneys for both Detman and Rice Initially denied that the crime was racially motivated. I mean, that's what they, that's what he's supposed to say. I would love to have heard that argument in court. Like, what is it? Your honor, they didn't like him, not like him because he was black. They didn't like him because he was gay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, I'm sorry. Uh, They didn't like him because, because he's a rival. They went, he went to a rival high school. Well, he's 47 and they're like, um, well, you know, 
I think he likes Auburn. I was like, hey, man, I, I did my best. Yeah, I, don't I tried. Know I don't know what you want me to say, man. You yelled the N-word at <laughs> right. him as you beat him to death. I don't know what Yo, I mean. white power. Yeah. <laughs> pumping your fist after you beat this guy. This wasn't racially motivated. That's a, that's a hard argument. That's a tough task. Uh, so Rice attorney, Rice's attorney said that the teens were on a beer run and they and that they were not looking for a black man to assault. Mm. Well, they did do a beer run and they yeah. went to assault a black man. So Debbin entered... Uh, they, a plea of not guilty at a preliminary hearing held on September th- September 30th. On March 21st, 2012, he entered a guilty plea to murder in a federal hate crime in a federal hate crime charge. He was sentenced to two concurrent life pr- sentence, sentences in prison. During his sentencing, Deadman apologized to Anderson's family. Sure. That's probably that. what his attorney told him to do. Whatever. You can uh, keep that. Yeah. I'm so... Because... Uh, an apology implicates like contrition and he's not sorry because it wasn't an accident like, he did it on purpose what well, apology is like it's just, yeah I'm, i get it it's yeah. just to show face and, and the, the sympathy the, the judge will make a note of it maybe it'll help you get parole down the line or something like that but my point is like just don't do it like an to apologize you apologize if you step on somebody's shoe you're not sorry. You're still racist. All of those things are still the same in you. So I no, I don't who who would accept that as sorry? I won't I wouldn't I wouldn't even listen. I don't I don't care. Yeah. I don't want to hear. Yeah. So on, on March twenty second, twenty twelve, Detman, Rice, and Butler pleaded guilty to federal hate crime and conspiracy charges. Another four of the total ten charged with hate crimes were indicted on eight counts on July twenty fourteen. John Lewis, um Bla- John Lewis Blalick. Sarah Graves, Robert Henry Rice, and Shelby Brooke Richards, all of whom had been with Detman and his group the night of the attack against Anderson. Mm-hmm. All 10 of the conspiracies, I'm sorry, all 10 of the conspirators pleaded guilty except for Detman, and they were sentenced to 4 to 18 years in federal prison. Whew. On February 10th of 2015, the United States District, District Judge for the Southern District of Mississippi Carlton Reeves sentenced Detman to 50 years in prison, mm. Rice to 18 and a half years, and Butler to seven for their roles in the hate crimes. Their federal s- sentences run concurrently to the state to the state ones, and they were and they are not eligible for parole. Oh wow! Detman is currently at the FTC Oklahoma City with BOP number one six five zero seven dash zero four three, and yeah, Rice right is f- at the FCI Mc. McDowell with BOP number 16509 043. So dug that up just yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll get right on those. Send them some letters and stuff. Uh, initially, the send case. Him, send them a clump of my hair. Like, look, look at my natural hair. You know, you want to be my friend? <laughs> uh, the letter I will get back from them. You nappy <laughs> You have the nerve to send me, boy. <laughs> I don't even want that. I don't, I don't even want that in my life. Oh, man. So initially, the case was being investigated locally. Release of the motel video, is what I explained to earlier, showing Anderson being run over attracted national attention. I don't remember this at all. Wow. Ultimately, resulting in a federal civil, civil rights investigation. On August, August 14th of 2011, about 500 people marched in Jackson from a church to the motel to denounce the racially motivated hate crime. The group included a mix of rich, rich and poor, black and white, male and female, gay and straight according to a 75-year-old activist, Rims Barber, among the Christian and Jewish um, religion. On the internet, 
a, a war of words ensued as to how the crime should be classified. The subsequent FBI investigation found evidence of a conspiracy by 10 individuals to commit several hate crimes against African-Americans in Jackson from the spring of 2011 to 2012. Uh-huh. These 10 were indicted, each pleaded guilty, and each was sentenced to federal prison. With the help of Southern Poverty, Southern Poverty Law Center in September of 2011, the sibling's mother of James Anderson filed a wrong death a wrongful death lawsuit against seven of the group, seven of the group who were involved with an attack on him. Anderson had a 17 year relationship with James Bradford, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And was helping him raise a young um, relative of whom he was the guardian. Mm-hmm. As Mississippi law did not recognize such relationship, Bradford could not participate in a civil suit. So he was like, I don't know what y'all had yeah, going on. I don't on, know but what kind of friends you are. You don't support But them. here in Mississippi, I don't care how much you loved him. Yeah. You're nothing to him. So you get nothing. Yep. So yeah. on, be, on behalf so, of Anderson's. Right. Yeah. Sounds, on, sounds great. <laughs> on, on behalf of Anderson's family, his sister wrote a letter to Hines County District Attorney Robert Shula Smith requesting that those responsible for Anderson's death be spared from death from the death penalty, citing the family's Christian values. Um, so I'm gonna read this. This is a letter they stated. Yeah, please. We also have Can't caused our this. family unspeakable, unspeakable pain and grief. But our loss will not be lessened by the by the state talking by the state taking the life of another. We also oppose the death penalty because it historically has been used in Mississippi and the South primarily against people of color for killing whites. Okay. Yeah. Executing. I respect it. Take the high road. I respect it. Executing James James's killer would not help balance the scales, but sparing them may help to spark a dialogue that one day will lead to the elimination of capital punishment. Mm. And that that's powerful. Yeah, it is powerful. But just reading that remind me of um, the whole thing with Bobby John. It kind of it kind of had the same similarities. Yeah, but it's of like what that happened. <clears throat> that's um, but. Th- but you, the stakes, you, I get it. Yeah, I get yeah. this. I get the similarities because, like, you take your faith and and you know forgiveness and all of those principles. You hold them even in the face of like something traumatic happening to your family and loss. I can see the similarities in the Botham John case there, but in this case, it's such a bigger fight. the The death penalty has been used to kill black bodies, innocent black bodies, just statistically, overwhelmingly, as opposed to other. You know, people. It's, it's been used unevenly, and also has been used against people who are innocent. Yeah, and so we don't want that t- that punishment to be used, even though we don't like what these people did. That's how much we are against capital punishment, and we hope that it's abolished one day. Even though we are the victims of a crime, yeah, we still don't want it used. Yeah. That's powerful as shit, man. Yeah, and in the Botham John case, I, I, it was very much like religious, and I forgive you because God, my God, wants me to forgive you, and Botham would want me to forgive you. But this is like such a bigger conversation. Yeah, that was amazing, and I, you know, people have their thoughts about it. I, you know, especially because like the next week she was like, and I would, I'm appealing. That was, that was nice. what I was. Like. That was the kick in the face. That was the most evil shit I ever. I mean, I understand like a lawyer probably did it and whatever, but like for you to not even go, you know what? I'm sorry, and you know what? I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna do the seven or whatever she had. She's like, no, no, no I'm no, I'm gonna fucking appeal. Yeah, I'm not sitting in here for as long as they've sentenced me. I'm gonna appeal this. 
But in in this case, it's like, wow, that's powerful, man. Like I'm against the death penalty, and I'm against the death penalty even even though it's the people who killed my family member are up 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 for it. That's powerful. Yep. Yeah, so that was the murder of James Craig Andy. This is James Craig Andy. He's clean too. Man. Yeah. Man, that's a that's a handsome dude, man. Yeah. Rings on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 2011. Yeah. It's just cra- and so so Mississippi. The idea that this was happening in 2011, the conspiracies charges for people planning to go in and attack black people, and we didn't even get to 2020 yet. 2020 must have been like the purge in Mississippi, but I would feel like 2020, the fucking black hunting in Mississippi Prime. probably through the roof. I will hope not. I hope not too. But I mean, they were doing it in 2011. That's why I'm I also, Fran, I hope it never happens. Yeah, but it was happening. A year after I graduated from high school, I was like, man, what am I going to do with my life? Well, well, you know, me and Fran have basketball class today in college and uh, going to skip my English class. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think I'm going to drop out. While that was happening, there were kids who were close in age to me being like, let's go out tonight, get drunk, first of all, yeah. and then just go fucking find some yeah, black this people. Is, this is the summer, too. This is June 2011. Yeah, I was thinking, I was looking at concerts to go to. I think I saw Action Bronson in the summer of 2011. This man was minding his damn business. Trying, trying to, to get in his car. His keys. Trying to get in his car. So yeah, the idea that this wasn't 1984 is crazy to me. That's like it, it makes me sick, honestly. Yep. So I'm not taking my foot off the throat of Mississippi, man. I'm sorry. Again, I'm sure we might have some listeners down there. Imagine you know, Scott, you gotta be down bad. Imagine Mississippi. Have, is, didn't we just talk about Mississippi like a while ago? Probably talking didn't about like Mississippi first like time, stop segregating schools or something like <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, like last crazy. month, like they stopped segreg. They desegregated Y'all schools together, like man. last week. I won't <laughs> so, be going out. Yeah. So imagine having to def- like being from there and having to be like, I got hometown pride, man. Like. Hey man, don't talk about my state. Like for me to get those messages, I'd be like, "That's a lot to talk about, man." I'm sorry. Like, did you hear the story we told? Yeah, about a guy being murdered by a, a mob of racists in 2011. Yeah, I don't really know what you want me to say. Yeah, to if that, you're not man. black, we have nothing to talk about. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you're living a different. Keep your world. message to, to <laughs> yourself. Don't write me. Don't if you're not black. Don't you're write me. A different world. If you're not a black Mississippian, don't write me. Be like, hey man, look, it's great here. We have like um. Cotton field. It's always nice to go take a photo shoot in a cotton field. Yeah. I'm like, hey man, you talk to a black person. Hey, I get called an N word every day. <laughs> it's just t- it rolls off my back. At this I get point. called boy by ten year olds. Yeah, and I'm fifty two. <laughs> like, damn, shit is crazy. That's yeah. So it's yeah, different. great man. No, I'm cool. I'm cool in Mississippi. Yeah. Cool. I, I I'm think good. I we have to go to Alabama because that museum's down there. What museum? The like black. They have like a Black History Museum oh, where okay. all the like names of all these uh, people have been lynched and yeah. slaves, and it's like a really powerful museum. I think John Legend had a hand in building it. Okay, it's like a really big tourist attraction. But we'll go straight. That's a that's a. We'll get a place near the airport. A, yeah, go straight to the museum. That's a one day trip. If yeah, yeah. That. Like we can knock that out in a day. Go there. Oh, mm-hmm. this is great. Yeah. Maybe get some hush puppies on the way to the airport. You know, get some soul food. Stop. Yeah. Get it in the car. We'll eat it on the plane. Yeah. Like, we'll take this to go. <laughs> take it. To go. We want to get up. out before Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to be here when the sun goes down. So we'll go ahead and. Uh, Man. That's crazy, bro. To even be scared of that in 2022. I just Man. wanted to come down here to go to this museum. And like, yeah, well, uh, it's 6 30 and you're at Cracker Barrel. So yeah. don't don't come outside. It's like vampires. You got to stay in the Cracker Barrel till the sun comes up. He say like sleep. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to sleep in this uh, toboggan. That's hanging on the wall. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> get a blanket out of the gift section and uh, go ahead and sleep in the Cracker Barrel that's direction. Crazy, the, uh, decorations, the that's decolations. Um, yeah, man. No, it's uh, the the fact that that story took place in 2011 is like it really shocks me to my right. core. It's, yep. It really, like all jokes aside, it's like really shocking. 
it's been a very like upbeat episode, huh? Nuclear war, fucking racism. Let's get into some good vibes. Let's really fucking keep this. If positive. there's any, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Let's see what happens, man. Welcome back to our Good Vibes segment. Um, this was a, I wouldn't say a down episode, but it wasn't very I mean, uplifting. It's, it's, it's a down time in history. Yeah, for sure. Um, but my Good Vibe is, yesterday marked a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence as the date. Now, today is the 27th, but yes. this happened on the, the 22nd. Yes. So, once-in-a-lifetime occurrence as the date of 2 22 2022 yeah was was both a um this is meaning it could be read towards forwards and backwards yeah and the and and amber ambigram uh as it would read the same way upside down on a calculator mm. so this realization of this particular special to tuesday yeah sparked a lot of excitement online oh it was on a tuesday as well yes but they, they spelled it two like T W two W O yeah yeah Tuesday oh, okay yep. but was it on a Tuesday I don't know oh, okay okay <laughs> so that uh, would be crazy yeah so it sparked a lot of excitement online but the day was even more special for Abril and Hank Spear okay who welcomed their new daughter Judah Grace at two twenty two a.m. oh wow Eastern time I like that name by the way in delivery room two oh wow going for it. Yeah, I get a lottery ticket on a day like that. Two twenty-two at two twenty-two a.m. in, in room two. In room two. Yeah, Man. I'm not gonna say any of that because I feel like a Baltimore demon is gonna come out of the walls of my I'm house. It's so. too many. There's too many twos. <laughs> but the new the news of of Judah Grace's birth was shared on Twitter and Facebook by statewide hospital network Cone Health, which explained she was born at Elements Regional Medical Center in Burlington, North Carolina. In the post written on her birthday. Cohen Health wrote, today is an extra special Tuesday for the newborn and her family. Okay, so it was so a Tuesday. So let's see. Oh, okay. All right, I was about to check. They can't just say that. They can't just say that. It was a Tuesday. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So it was t- I'm going to go ahead and say it. It was 2-22-2022. It was mm-hmm. Yeah. On a Tuesday. Yep. She was born at 2-22 in the morning in room two. Yep. Cool. I think that's one of those words that people go like, you say, you guys say that weird. You guys say it British. Two. Two. Yeah, okay. I don't know. How else do you say it? Two? 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 Yeah. Two. Two. Don't know. But no, that's really cool. That's, that's like um, yeah, yeah. what's once in a lifetime, literally once in a lifetime uh, thing that occurred. Yeah. So uh, my good vibe story is a story about a five-year-old kid who donated everything he had, every last dime to his name, which was 30 cents, <laughs> to a homeless man. And it taught his father a lesson. So uh, Justice Smith... Almost messed up big time, Fran. He and his five-year-old were coming back from the dentist when they saw a homeless man in the median strip in the road. Smith said on a Facebook post that he wanted to give the man some money but didn't have any cash. I'm telling you, man, they, they got to get these guys some square, some square readers or something. Man, I don't really carry cash like that these days. You know, it's like square. I want to help, but I, I want to help, but I don't. How do you go have a square reader? Man? Get a Venmo. Get him a Venmo. Have a Venmo. Tell me a Venmo. A homeless person. 
I mean, they give you like an Obama phone or something. Was you know Google Google Obama phone. apps or something? Well, I don't know what they call them now, but that's what they were called. I don't think they have one of those. Man. I know homeless people that have Venmos, so I don't you know do? how they have the phone. I mean, I'm sure there's like have prepaid phone? phones that have apps. Okay. I don't know the ins and outs of it. My point is, I don't have cash like that these days, and I want to help you, but I don't might not have cash. Carry some cash around. Carry a couple dollars. When you get paid, take like twenty dollars in your pocket. Don't tell me how to live my life. I'm trying to help you out, man. Anyway, his son. Just us. It's an interesting way to do it. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. So his name's Justice. His son's name is Just Us. So his name is spelled how Justice is spelled, and then he made up he made up how to spell his son's name. It's Just Us. J U S T U S. And that's how you say it. I mean, I'm sure he says Justice as well, but okay. it's uh, but it's spelled just it's us. spelled Just Us. Uh, so uh, his son Justice Mateo noticed that the man he noticed the man as well and then and then and then it happened he said uncoached he insisted that I give the man the 30 cents that he had in his pocket he said it's almost as if he knew it's almost as if he heard my thoughts and responded out loud he said I was more than happy I was more than happy he wanted to do this with joy it means he's been watching but honestly I was hesitant I didn't want to give this man who clearly needed help, who clearly needed all the help that he could get, just 30 cents, which is, yeah, that's like, that's pretty, that's a crazy amount of money to give somebody. Uh, my own pride and thoughts of the homeless individual's unknown so, reaction to receiving just two, just two coins was standing in the way. So, some. I guess. I get his, I, I'm an overthinker, so I would have been sitting there like, am I offending him by giving him a quarter and a nickel? You know, but anyway, uh, he said, I quickly realized that I was the only problem in this situation that the, and that the traffic light would turn green at any second. I then thought to myself, dude, get over it. This is what you've been teaching him. And now that and now that he wants to give everything he has to offer in this moment, you're going to let him you're going to let your personal self-centered your self, personal self-centeredness ruin a possibility of a lifelong great memory and a solid teaching moment, which is that's a fair point. Sometimes you got to get out of your head and just live in the moment. Yeah. Uh, leading by example is what we've been teaching him. So now let him lead. Let him give what he can to this man. He continued on Facebook. I almost told my son, let's wait until let's wait to give it to him until we have at least one dollar. I almost told our son by my by by my inaction that what he had wasn't enough. I almost show he's getting into some Will Smith shit. I almost showed him that what he sees as a good thing and and is in fact a good thing, isn't good enough to make a difference in someone's life. I almost taught him that pride was more important than helping another human. Mm. Thank God I quickly snapped out of that foolishness. He then rolled down the window and said, I'm sorry, man, I don't have any cash on me, but my son back here wants to give you everything he has right now. He just turned five. And my God, the smile on that man's face lit up, lit up the intersection. And he said to Justice, God bless you, little man. Thank you so much. The only thing that matched the brightness on that stranger's smile after that moment was the bigger smile on our baby's on our baby boy's face. Mr. Smith also believes that a chain reaction of kindness started behind them as other people rolled down their windows to donate. Our little boy, without even realizing it, reminded me once again by his by his actions that it's always about the heart. It doesn't always matter how much you have to give or how little giving Giving in love and, and in sincerity will often bless others more than we think. That was really powerful, man. 
And it reminds me, I feel like I spoke about this before one time, but I had a really um, positive interaction with the, I'm going to go ahead and cut the music. I had a really positive interaction with a homeless guy at this point. It's probably like five years ago at this point. But um, I rolled the window down to give him some money and just spoke to him as well. You know, I told him, God bless. He had, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for giving me some money. I said, yeah, man, go ahead and get you, get you a hot cup of coffee or whatever I said to him. And then he said to me, like, yeah, man, because, you know, people don't even, they don't even talk to me, man. Like, they, you know, they treat me like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm a problem or something like that. Like, nobody just, you know, speaks to my game of fist bump. Just things to make them feel like a human being. And that goes further than money sometimes. Just somebody having a, re- a reminder that, like, I've been out on the street all day. People look at me away. They don't even they don't even look at me. And to be acknowledged and reminded of my existence can go further than like the two dollars. In this case, thirty cents literally will get you nothing. But that interaction was a beautiful moment for this guy. It could have sparked him to go do something really good with his day or something, you know. So I really uh, respect what he said, and I appreciate how he goes. Yeah, I almost was like, oh man, come on, can't give somebody thirty cents. That's rude. But it's like no. But to that kid who has no concept of money, he's like. I want to give him money and yeah. this is all the money I have all the give. I want to give him all my money that I have. Let me help him. And for you to go to, for you to turn your adult brain off and go, yeah, let me get out of my head, man. That's stupid. Like th- I'm not going to ruin my kid's excitement to help another human being by going like, yeah, but then it's going to feel weird. Me giving them a quarter and a nickel and that's not a lot of money. And he put that aside to have a really beautiful moment. So shout out to that guy, man. That was really cool. But uh, yeah, man, um, recommendations before we get out of here um we can talk about this i don't know if you watched it but uh snowfall yeah did you watch the premiere no okay well i'm not gonna without spoiling it the best i can i'm gonna say that i feel like snowfall the season premiere i'm assuming it's gonna get better it kind of jumped the shark a little bit there was a lot of stuff where i was like what like this isn't spoiling anything, but the sh- the show starts off like the first the first episode of the season it starts off Franklin flying a plane, which I don't remember that being a thing that he did in the last season. It's been a while. I didn't rewatch the season before starting this, but I just was like, he knows how to fly planes now, which but it's saying like he goes and gets the drugs on his own. Yeah. He's just it just everything. All of my problems with it is like Franklin is now such a boss. Yeah, which is like I'm sure he's making a lot of money and all that stuff, but. It just there's a new woman who I don't know, and she's uh, his new girlfriend or something. Like I, it's all this stuff. It's like where did this come from? It's like all of a sudden he has like an empire, and it just feels a little Scarface-ish. Like the way Scarface is like he he did a couple of drug deals, and then all of a sudden he had like this crazy mansion. He's wearing gold suits and tigers in his backyard. It feels like that. It feels like especially when you go to like uh, Leon with the afro, mm. he's still like in the hood. I know he's not Franklin's the leader, yeah, but it just feels. Like they have him doing a lot of big time stuff that mm. it, it feels like they it wasn't this big it's last ruined season. Show? I, not ruined because it's only uh, the first season of the, it's only the first episode of the new season. Yeah. But it felt very much like um, okay, this feels a little like um, this feels a little too dramatized. I know it's a TV show and everything, but I was like, the flying the plane thing really threw me off, and then the new girlfriend. So I still love the show, but the first episode it threw me off. The, the premiere threw me off a little bit. So I would love to hear your thoughts when you finish. Um, if you haven't watched Snowfall, I don't know if you have you watched anything. Mm. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. Cool. <laughs> nope. well, all right. Well, great. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get up out of here. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. Thank you guys as always, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 